Because I'm reasonably supple, this is MuggleCast episode 238 for August 27th, 2011. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 238. Micah, Eric, and I here this week to bring you the latest Harry Potter news, even though, oh, it's been over a month since the last film was out, but, you know, that's okay. There's still plenty of news to talk about related to the film, actually, and also, of course, Pottermore. And What's Pottermore? (laughs) I guess you wouldn't know, would you? No, I I have no idea. (laughs) I haven't uh, gained access to it yet. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. And uh, so we're going to have the news and then lots of emails to catch up on and some fun segments as well. So it's going to be a fun show. Uh, But first, the news. Micah, what's in the news? You were uh, talking... Micah. What? (laughs) Nothing. Do we not intro (laughs) ourselves anymore? Oh, yeah. Mm. I always forget that. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Eric Skull. And I'm Micah Tannebel. What's in the news, Micah? You mentioned before uh, the movie has been out now for a little bit over a month, the last film in the Harry Potter series, but uh, Deathly Hallows Part 2 still continues to do relatively well at the box office. I mean, it's been out for over a month, so it's expected that it's going to drop off a bit, but uh, it just passed the $900 million mark internationally. It's the third film ever to do that. Uh, following uh, Avatar and Titanic, which it currently sits behind on the uh, worldwide all-time grossing list. I don't think it has any chance of moving past either of those two films unless somewhere down the line Deathly Hallows Part 2 is re-released. But uh, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I think we talked a little bit about it on the last show, or, or maybe we didn't, because it's been a bit since we did a show. If the movie moving to number three all time, all the awards that it's, or sorry, not awards, not yet anyway, but records that that it's uh, broken. Well, I, you know, it's not. It hasn't surprised me really. This whole box office success, um, and I'm happy for it, and it's a great way to go out. It would have been qu- quite embarrassing if it wasn't the top film and if it wasn't breaking all these records. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy with how it, how it went. Right. And, of course, it's the top-grossing U.S. movie of 2011. I don't think that's any surprise. If it's the number three movie all time, uh, it, it better be the uh, the top movie of 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Pottermore. Uh, Andrew. I have no idea what this is. Uh, I, I have not received access to it yet. Uh, maybe I sound a bit bitter about that. If I do, I apologize because I'm sure I'll get emails. Uh, but uh, as is stated here, 25,000 students. Yeah, it's, it's kind of odd. So, I mean, we, we've all, we all went through the magical quill process to, to make sure we're one of the lucky 1 million to get into Pottermore. And they started, they opened up Pottermore, I guess, I don't know, about two weeks ago now. Maybe, maybe it was a little, it's at least a week it's been open. And so far they've only let in 25,000 of the 1 million. Oh, okay. And the reason I know that is because I was one of those lucky people. And if you go into the Great Hall, it has a tally of the number of students that have been, that, that are enrolled, so to speak. But I think the, the other thing to keep in mind is that this is 25,000 people who have been sorted. 
meaning they've made their way to the Sorting Hat chapter. And another thing to keep in mind is that I guarantee you, out of this million, there were a boatload of people who who have gotten an email so far and just haven't registered. And I know you must be thinking like, oh my god, how could they do such a thing? But some people aren't as hardcore. They may have just done the magical quill process and gotten in by luck. So that's that's why I'm guessing they've tried to reach out to maybe closer to forty or 50,000 at this point. But so far, uh, only 25,000 have made it to the Sorting Hat chapter and been sorted so once you get sorted you're you're given like the common room right and that's your your local place to chill yeah so yeah. what happens before you get to that chapter how is is it just is it just boring looking or no okay well you don't get your house colors on on the top banner part but you you go through all the moments leading up to the sorting hat and you know it's good and i'm not, I'm not finished with it yet i want to wait until i'm finished because it is from everything I've read, it takes only about four hours to get through the whole thing because it's 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 basically just a lot of clicking. <laughs> and um, well, you're, you're without, experiencing I guess, the book all over again, right? You're getting backstory that that otherwise you wouldn't get if you just opened up Sorcerer's Stone and read it for fun, right? The standout here, I think, is absolutely um, the new content that J.K. Rowling has added to it because there is a lot. And you know, we've we've mentioned a couple of them that J.K. Rowling has teased leading up to this opening of it uh mcgonagall backstory there's a lot there uh more on aunt petunia and uncle vernon uh what else saw some stuff uh, on quirrell professor quirrell yeah quirrell yeah quirrell um uh ghost plots Ooh. there's rules on wizards wearing wizarding clothing out in uh, in muggle public like history on that and why they do and do not do it um backstory on olivander Hogwarts Express, how that was created. So a lot of stuff. And it's very true to the spirit of the books. It's what you would expect to find in, say, a Harry Potter encyclopedia. Um, it's very Joe. It's very, it's just very good. And I'm impressed with it so far. You know, the problem is they're not opening up the Pottermore betas quick enough. You know, you know, I would, I would expect at least a hundred thousand people would have been in this by yeah, now. That, that's what I was going to ask is they, they state that you can get in between now and the end of September. And I would think that if you're somebody who has to wait that long, you're probably going to get pretty frustrated with this whole process and say, well, if, I, if I'm not going to get in until the last week of September, I might as well just have waited till October. Exactly. But I think, you know, at the rate it's going, unless they make some moves quick soon, I don't think, I don't know if this is going to open up in time hmm. i mean i could see this being like the opening happening like october 31st an hour before the day ends. yeah they've only said october right so i i just always yeah. imagined it would open up on halloween yeah i mean that that would be a good tie into the series but andrew you got the puzzle solved on on day one how have you uh is it just that the people who are who got in on day one is that how it's where i mean how are they how are they figuring out? Are they staggering it by when you got in, or is it just no, random? It's random. Yeah, it is random. I mean, yeah, I, I did get uh, get my account. Uh, the the first day beta invites were in- available, and no, I did not get. I I I didn't get it like the first day. It took a few days. It took over a week, I think. So, and you know, I, like I said, it's only only maybe maybe at this point, let's say forty thousand, fifty thousand emails have gone out. That's not a lot in in out of the one million. Well, I mean, my point was: Are there people from day three and day five that have gotten? In? Yes, oh, okay. definitely, 
Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard as many of them have gotten in. I think a lot of people were the first day, but then when I started seeing that other people had gotten in, I think that that was no longer the case. But at first I thought it was just the people who did the first day of the Magical Quill Challenge, but Mm -hmm. it's not the case. But yeah, still a ton of people left to go. But I thought what was interesting is that you wrote uh, most of the students are Ravenclaws. Yes, that it's an interesting, you know, it's good that they have these numbers in here because it makes it makes it interesting. So as everybody knows, you do get sorted by a process that JK Rowling created herself. And if you do look in the Great Hall, you see how many students are in each house and uh, Ravenclaw, Le- Ravenclaw leaves leads the pack by about 2000 students right now, which which is interesting. And every, every other house is kind of neck and neck. Uh, Ravenclaw has around 7,000 and the other houses have around 5,000 each. And speaking of Ravenclaw, one of the actresses in the Harry Potter films, Ivana Lynch, we all know she's a big fan of the series. She was on a recent episode of MuggleCast, the LeakyCon. She got into Pottermore and was sorted and she was sorted into Ravenclaw, which, which shocked her. She took to Twitter in a panic. Oh, you mean Gryffindor. She was sorted into Gryffindor. Oh right, sorry. Yeah. yeah, she she wanted she wanted Ravenclaw. Well, Luna is a Ravenclaw. Into- Luna, who she plays, right. right? So yeah. So she went on to Twitter and she kind of went on a rant. She sent out like six or seven tweets <laughs> saying, "I'll quote them." Uh, um, uh, just got sorted. Slight identity crisis. Need to sit down and process this. I'm in Gryffindor. Potama. Confusion. Shock. Pride. Happiness. Luna, don't leave me. Um. So she was very upset. That she got into Gryffindor for a moment, at least, because I guess because she's always identified herself as a Ravenclaw. Not to mention that she plays a Ravenclaw in the films. Yeah, or 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 just with Luna, you know, the fact that there's this connection. Many people agree that she plays a really good Luna, and I think she's felt so close to that character. And now to be sorted into Gryffindor, <laughs> it's it's a little off-putting. But, well, she but, wears that hat all the time, though. Yeah, yeah, the, the, lion, the lion, lion hat, hat. right? I mean. They Conflict of interest. Nothing wrong or identity with crisis. Identity crisis, yeah. But, yeah. One thing I'll say right now about Pottermore that's really been bugging me is that when you get friend requests, you don't know who they are yeah. because you have, you're just getting, you know, because it says Unicorn Knight wants to be friends with you. And it's like, well, who's Unicorn Knight? <laughs> How am I supposed to figure this out? And you can hook it up to Facebook, right? But. Yes, that's the one thing that does help. But incoming friend requests does not give you the name i don't think can they send a message saying hi this is so and so with no. with their request no uh, no they should fix that i mean especially if you're trying to deal with any sort of problems with uh children signing up i know that that, that was the right. whole basis behind this right that exactly they didn't want uh children's names being put out there they wanted to make the experience for all ages, but if you know children are putting their names out there, it gets into legalities and things like that. But it, I just I can't imagine that they're not going to implement hopefully something when the site launches where you can send a message because otherwise it's such a hassle to go and, and figure out who all these people are. You got to send messages essentially to all your friends. Yeah. The the one thing that does help, like Eric mentioned, you can connect with Facebook, but that only works when. You connect with Facebook, then you can see your friends who are on Pottermore. You get their real name and then what their Pottermore name is. You can't see that for incoming requests. Right. So you don't know who anybody is. 
Yeah, so that's that's it's an issue. It's I mean that's a serious issue. Well, because <laughs> unless you and your real life friends talk and say, "Hey, I'm Dream Marauder sixty four, uh, I'm sending you a friend request," and you go, "Okay." Well, so the beta, the the whole reason they're doing beta, even to begin with, is to get feedback, right? Figure out how it works. Mm-hmm. So I heard from my friend who's on Pottermore. Uh, that the feedback form on Pottermore is actually not open-ended, that it's only a drop-down list. Uh, exactly. It's actually really bad. Oh, really? What, well, what happens is you go onto one page, and you click the beta feedback link, and then it asks you questions specifically about the page. Uh, but But these are the same questions for every page on the site. So like you said, you can't be like, I don't like the potions here because X, Y, Z. The questions are, how much do you like this page? And then you have the options. It's great. I like it a lot. It's good. I like it. It's okay. I don't like or dislike it. <laughs> and then I don't like it very much. And then there are questions. How much do you agree with the following statements? I like the way the page looks. Strongly agree. Agree. Disagree. Strongly disagree. Yeah, it's just all this generic stuff. And it's like, how is this helpful? <laughs> so... You know, there's still a lot of work to be done here, but overall, it is really, again, like I said before, the, the great thing here is the content. It really is some interesting new material from J.K. Rowling that is very true to the spirit of the books. And really, her old website. I mean, the, the clicking around and exploring, finding new secrets. I mean, that's very old school jkrowling.com. One, one question I would have about Pottermore would be the people who are experiencing this in the beta version right now. Obviously, changes are going to be made when the site officially launches, but is there going to be anything new and unique about the site launching in October that the beta users aren't going to get right now? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but I think everything here is pretty complete. Um, I know people have been complaining about the potions a lot. It's a very cumbersome process. Uh, to to brew a pro- potion, it has to be very precise. It has to be in the perfect Damn order snake. how you do everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there may be some minor changes, but so if people are getting through this in four hours, does that mean that I mean it's it's going to be like three or four months between you know book one and book two, right? Or is it closer to six months? Or you know what what's going um... to retain the most viewers? Well, yeah, I mean that's that's an issue too. It's like you go through you go through Pottermore and then what? Um, honestly, I think once I go through everything, I do all the features, I brew a potion or two, I duel with a friend or two, I'm gonna be done until the next book comes out. I don't know what in terms of um, replay value, as video gamers would call it. I don't think there's much here to be coming back for in five months, six months. We'll have to see how it grows. Can you backtrack? Can you go to things that you've already yes, experienced and, absolutely. and reread yeah. backstory yeah. and things like that? Mm-hmm. Now, so now where good. were you sorted? I was sorted into Gryffindor, which was very exciting for me because um, I've always identified myself as a Gryffindor, so I did not have any shock like Ivana Lynch did or <laughs> countless other people, I'm sure. Um, I was actually very excited. I, I screamed out loud, Yes! But, you know, to be honest with you, when I first got into Pottermore, I just wanted to get sorted. Like, I just clicked through everything. I didn't even right. read Right, you had to go through, like, seven chapters, material. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's kind of a lot because you have to go one by one. You just can't skip to it. Um, 
Uh, you go one by one when you're first discovering everything. You can jump around as you please later. But right. at least in the beginning, you have to go in order. Well, I, th- I think, um, you know, in, on, on, uh, in the same as they do sorting, in, in future books, won't it be like, what's your Patronus? And what's, you know, wouldn't that be really cool to figure yeah, out that kind definitely. of stuff? Definitely. Um, yeah. Sort of. And Patronus, I guess that would be in Prisoner of Azkaban. They would add that, right? Right. But then that'd be really cool because on your homepage or whatever it is, you could like have your house colors and your Patronus could be like sitting on a book. You know, that'd be really cool. That's actually a perfect idea. I, I see no reason why they wouldn't do that. That's, a, that's another, that's like the next big question after what house are you? Right. The next question is always, what's your Patronus? <laughs> or, I mean, nobody really asks about your wand. <laughs> Nobody decides. Oh, speaking what of how's the wand is. process? Because uh, I remember at the Pottermore intro at LeakyCon, they they said that you know there were thirty three thousand combinations of wands. And is there? Yeah, you, you get Ollivander's backstory, which is great. Do you learn any more bit more about like the wands? Yes, there's a lot on the wands. Uh, specifically, the wand woods. There's a description. There's at least a paragraph for every one of them, and there are a ton of wands. So people will be happy with that. I'll tell you my, what my wand is. I only remember this because I took a picture of it. <laughs> that I'm looking at right now. I am fur with dragon core, twelve and a half inches, reasonably supple. Supple means bendy. Yes, I think, and it will cost me seven galleons. Oh, so same as Harry's. Yeah. Yep. So you know, it's it's a cool experience. Now I'm looking forward to the Patronus. Yeah. What's well, be what are you two? looking forward to in uh, Chamber of Secrets, then? You can't just jump ahead one book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. What what features? What uh, cool geez. features could be in Chamber of Secrets? Uh, like riding the car? But this is a website, not a well, uh, may- video oh, game. Well, maybe the potions is you're going to have to eventually brew polyjuice. That's why it's so complicated now, right? Because isn't that mm. supposed to be this complicated month-long endeavor? Yeah. Could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the latest house numbers for Pottermore, there are 27,747 students, 6,500 Gryffindors, 8,100 Ravenclaws, 6,500 Hufflepuffs, and 6,500 Slytherins. So it's, Those it's are getting closer. Rounded. Yeah. Even yeah, yourself I mean, so out. Well, Ravenclaw has a, has a lead of about 1,500. I was going to ask, though, obviously, uh, Andrew, you already you always considered yourself to be to be in Gryffindor. Eric, what about you? I mean, stating it on the show, I'm sure we've done it before, but you know, before you physically, before you actually get sorted, you know, I'm I'm yeah, claim it now, claim it now. I'm uh, I I don't know because right, I have those those Harry Potter robes that are Gryffindor robes, but I've never really thought to really really think about sorting myself. Um, which is great. It's a great opportunity to do Pottermore because then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm this house. But, you know, previously I, I've never really identified with, with any house. I mean, I guess Gryffindor, right? But I just don't know. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking to Pottermore to tell me what house I'm in. I, I, I don't really have an affiliation just yet mm. in the, in the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like I, I've always thought that I was in Ravenclaw. Or, or I would be if I was if I was. Yeah, I can, sorted, I can so. see that. Uh, it'll be interesting. I, I I wouldn't mind Slytherin though either, to be honest with you. <laughs> but uh, no, I I would shoot for Ravenclaw. I would tell the Sorting Hat 
if I if I was in the book. Not Slytherin. Not Slytherin. Well, apparently even, the other or, thing about Pottermore is people can be hat stalls, right? Yeah, that's another thing she introduces in what the is book, this? where it takes. It's this phrase called a hat stall, where no, sorry, she introduces this in Pottermore, where a hat stall is when the sorting hat takes more than five minutes to sort you. Um, and I don't know if this is related to the hat stall, but some people who have gotten into Pottermore have been able to choose between two houses. So the sorting hat says, I'm not sure which to put you in, which would you like? Mm-hmm. Oh. So it's possibly um, like, it's like a tie, essentially, with your, yeah. with your sorting process. And I can't imagine so you, it happens. You do have a say then, in that sense. In that case. Yeah. But, but uh, that it's seems cheating, to be rare. Isn't it? Kind of? Oh, no, it no. Kind I mean, of well, is. you've, you've, you've essentially, you've gotten to the point where you, you, maybe you're an even candidate, right? I mean, you could be just like Harry Potter. You know, you could be great in Slytherin, but uh, you're also kind of brave. Well, we'll talk a lot more about yeah once uh, we actually get more. <laughs> yeah, there's there's still a lot more to be said. Um, but we will uh, probably, I guess, next episode. Hopefully, everybody will have been inside Pottermore. We'll f- we'll find that out. Hope so. What what? Is- oh, okay, we talked about that. All right, what else is going on in the news? Well, the other bit of news that we have is about the making of Harry Potter's studio tour. And some new concept art was released for it, and you can find that uh, on the website. But the the big news was that tickets are going to go on sale October 13th. Uh, there was uh, this event, I guess, called Empire Big Screen. Is this a big event over in, in London? Is it an annual I- event? No, I, you know, I think it's kind of new, actually. This may have been the first one. I may be wrong, but it's not some, like, epic But Ivana event. Lynch was there, actually. She was right. part of this whole... Uh, as well, Was Warwick Davis there, too? Yes. So, mm-hmm. uh, and and the, the guy who plays... Uh, what's what's the uh, goblin's name who gets put under the Imperius curse? Oh. Uh, yeah, Bogrod? I just, maybe. I think he's... Pl- th- that character is played by Warwick's wife. No kidding. No, no, it's de- it's definitely a dude. <laughs> oh, well, I thought they said. I thought at the thing somebody said like, "Oh, Warwick's wife is playing this goblin." Maybe in the uh, maybe some one of the others, but the mm-hmm. one who gets the the Imperius curse, uh, the that actor was there as well. That was my point. Uh, and uh, so yeah, this is this is big revealing i guess this our unveiling that took place and mm-hmm. uh they they posted a trailer online as well uh and uh, actually today there was news that uh tickets um price wise are going to be about 46 US dollars no kidding uh to go to this tour which i don't, I don't think it's that terrible is it no, it's, I don't it's, think it, it's, it's, it's probably prices not, out a lot of people. N- no, it's half the price of a, uh, sweatshirt that says Harry Potter the Exhibition at Harry Potter the Exhibition. <laughs> yeah, I heard so, prices were crazy at the exhibition, by Well, the way. so yeah, I mean, the studio tour, now, you do have to get to London and then have to get out to. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, so there is that, but I think. Well, I'm sure there'll be packages. I'm sure they're yeah. going to put stuff together for people, which but includes least, Fair Hotel and. Yeah, t- t- mm. but this, this, the tickets are so, I think, acceptably priced. It's, it's, it's very, very heartwarming. You know, the, the concept art looks great. It, it looks nothing like Leavesden is now, <laughs> which is reassuring. You know, they're really putting a lot of work and money into this. 
so that's really good. And and if you see the concept art, I mean, it's it's a huge building, two big buildings, and so you can just imagine the sets that are going to be put in here. I mean, the Great Hall, which is what they already promised, uh, Gryffindor Common Room, uh, and I'm sure some other big sets. I think there was mention of the Chamber of Secrets set or the Ministry of Magic set. Ooh. And they usually tear a lot of these down after they sh- stop, um, <laughs> after they're done using them, just because there was only so much space in Leavesden. So they would often have to tear down a set and then reconstruct it. Well, they you know, learned that. I always found way that way. interesting, though. Uh, I, the re- Isn't it? Yeah. The reason All why is because then- they have money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and space. I mean, the, the the cool thing is that when when a movie, when you're working on something as expensive as this, you know, just in case something goes wrong, they have all the measurements and all the specifications of all the sets are are there, and that's how they're able to years down the line rebuild Chamber of Secrets or even Ministry of Magic, um, which they had to completely rebuild because it was destroyed or scratched or I forget what they call it. Uh, at, you know, at the end of Order of the Phoenix. So if, if they did ever need to come back, they do just rebuild it. Um, but it's so cool that, that some of these sets are still there or are going to be there. The exceptions, of course, are, uh, the Great Hall, which has been there forever. Dumbledore's office has been there forever. I'm sure that's going to be there as well. And the Gryffindor common room. Like I mentioned, that, that also has been there forever. So, you know, when you go onto these sets, when you visit this place, I mean, these are extremely iconic. Just to, you know, all the time that was spent on these sets filming. And the actors that have, that have physically been there, yeah. you know. And the other thing, didn't Dumbledore's office change at all? If it's been there the whole time, I guess I don't it think so. hasn't really changed. It looks different no. to me, but maybe that's just... Well, so maybe you're thinking of when they shoot, like, on the upper level. Yeah. You know how he has kind of those stairs that go up? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what you're thinking. Yeah, I think you're I right, know. yeah. So cool. Uh, but yeah, so it, it looks good. And it'll be really cool when it opens uh, next year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, last bit of news, Eric, did you want to talk about that? Yeah, speaking of trailers, um, Dan Radcliffe's upcoming film, The Woman in Black, which is coming out next February, um, he there was a teaser trailer release, which is really, really cool. Um, you guys should check that out. It's it's uh, released. They released it, I guess, last week. And I was really happy because I was looking to post more news, and this kind of – I happened to like – the woman in black on Facebook, and they said, oh, in a couple of hours, there's going to be a teaser trailer. So I was, like, really excited waiting for it. And I waited for it, and I posted it, and almost some of the first comments, because I always read when I post news, it doesn't happen too often, so I sit, I wait for some comments to trickle in, and one of the first comments I got was, this has nothing to do with Harry Potter. That's what that's what somebody said. And I felt horrible, but... I thought I'd ask you guys, because uh, I was thinking about this earlier today, you guys must have, you, you know, I, I know you guys can relate, but, you know, <laughs> one of the first people said, this has nothing to do with Harry Potter, and I was just, I was crestfallen, right? Because, you know, one of the visitors of the site, who, you know, they come expecting Harry Potter news, and this is something about Dan Radcliffe, which I guess it doesn't have anything to do with Harry Potter, right? I mean... I think because it is Dan Radcliffe, it deserves to go on the site. Um, I mean, but, you know, there's going to come a point where, like, we, y- you don't need to post, like, the 50th Dan Radcliffe woman in black interview. <laughs> like, okay, okay. we don't even post the 50th Deathly Hollows interview. Hey, well, it's just, it's all the same. Well, you know? to, to that point, though, I mean, all the, uh, all the Potter sites posted about when he was, uh, or he still is on Broadway and how to succeed in business. So it's the same thing. That's true. 
you know, you're you're covering the the actor who has been the the the, the main star in the films over the course uh, of their existence. So naturally, you're going to post news about and follow him at least, you know, through the next few years of his career. I thought so, but I, I did want to bring that up because I think moving forward, you know, when we get these these informations on, you know, the the other actors and their projects, it's just I, I wondered if it was, you know, if if that kind of reaction well, was was people popular. have a general interest though in in, in let's say in what Dan Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and Rupert Grant are going to do uh, for the next few years. Or, and, and maybe some even beyond that. I mean, and, and there are sites that are out there that are strictly dedicated to them. Right. But they, they played such a large role in, in, in shaping Harry Potter, uh, on the movie side that I think it's only, it's only right that there are some stories about what they're doing, uh, in their careers. And, uh, yeah, but, but normally when I post a, a new story, the, the first comment that I see is first. First. Yeah, first. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that, yeah. And then, you know, we, we can go in and, and remove that, but then somebody else will just say first. So yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, but, but it was, it was a really, uh, scary trailer to be honest yeah. with you. It kind yeah, of creeped me out a bit. It was. Well, I guess that's the benefit of having friends and of having a podcast because we can call, you guys can defend me, but, um, <laughs> I thought the trailer was really cool. So that's it for the news this week. Now we're going to get into emails. And something I actually forgot to tease at the beginning of the show is, um, Mikey, you, you did an interview with two more Potter stars. Uh, yeah, they're just, they're just, it. after, uh, everybody heard all these other interviews that we've been doing, now it's just, you know, not Everybody wants to talk to Mikey. Every, no, well, <laughs> look. Uh, no, but we, uh, we got a chance to sit down and, and talk with, uh, Will Dunn and Arthur Bowen, who play, uh, James Sirius and Albus Severus, respectively, uh, in the Potter films, or, or not in the films, in, in Deathly Hallows Part 2 in the epilogue. And, uh, it was really, uh, a lot of fun getting a chance to talk with them, you know, th- their experience, uh, with the Potter series. And, uh, you know, kind of coming full circle a bit, you know, playing the kids of uh, the kids that we saw 10 years ago. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I've heard the interview and I think one of the coolest parts of it was when um, it was Arthur Bowen who said that, uh, you know, they were filming the epilogue pretty much or 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 no, he was born. Uh, about a, a week or two after filming began on the first Harry Potter film or after Dan Radcliffe was first cast, I think he said. Um, so that's that was really odd in a, in a really cool way. Yeah, it was. It, I think it was. It was Will who was talking about how Ryan Turner, who is who plays Hugo Weasley, who's who's the youngest of their group, he was born uh, just about the time that that Dan was and Emma were both cast uh, in <laughs> in Sorcerer's Stone. That's so cool. Let's move on now to emails. Uh, but first, we should mention that um, we will get back to chapter by chapter. This episode kind of snuck up on us, so we didn't have time to prepare it. But next time, hopefully. Okay, first email is actually from uh, one of the MuggleNet staff members, Kat. She does the Great Fan of the Week column on MuggleNet. And if you want to check that out, you can submit uh, your own Fan of the Week profile. And then it may be, you may be the Fan of the Week I'll, one I'll time. tell you, that's how I got my start at MuggleNet was... Was being a fan of the week. Hmm, interesting. So it's it's good things happen. <laughs> um, so Kat said, I ran into an old co- co-worker and a friend of mine at the grocery store tonight, and we started talking about Deathly Hallows Part 2. 
He's not a book reader, but is an avid fan of the movies. He had quite a few questions, and while filling him in, I told him that he should just read the books. He said there was no way he was reading the books, but he might read a chapter or two just to get to the integral parts. So, I was thinking it might be a good conversation to figure out what chapters everyone would suggest to a friend such as mine. Everyone has favorites, of course, but what's the most important would be... uh I don't know what she means there. Oh, well, um, you guys would have diverse opinions, I imagine. Just a thought. Looking forward to the show. Uh, so, thank you, Kat, for that suggestion. I think it's a good idea. So, if you were to suggest a chapter, like the, for the somebody essential to read, Harry Potter chapter for for some, I think it, I think it would have to be in Sorcerer's Stone because otherwise, you're going to need some context. Well, but but this person has seen the movies. And hasn't read the book. So, so I think Kat's question isn't it about if you've only seen the movies and aren't planning on reading all of the books, what, what book chapters should you read to kind of get what you missed? Yeah. Or, or just to, just to understand why, why reading it is so, so much better. Yeah. Um, but I would suggest one of the chapters from either Order of the Phoenix or Half Blood Prince where Dumbledore and Harry are kind of having one of those discussions about, you know, Harry's purpose and, and, and what Dumbledore needs him to do. Um, I think that would, that would be really interesting for somebody to read. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think a lot of it too might, might be from Half-Blood Prince, you know, taking a couple of chapters out of there because, and, and reading them because I think that so much was lost, uh, in, in the memories and them not doing that many of them, uh, in the movie and I think it provided a lot of context for uh, w- where they were going and what they were doing in um, in Deathly Hallows, especially Part Two, because you're having these hu- hu- the hunt go on for the Horcruxes uh, so rapidly, you know, going from the vault uh, to Hogwarts, uh, you know, to destroy the uh, the diadem, to destroy the snake, and then, you know, I, I just feel like if there were those memories that were in Half Blood Prince. Where you're talking about uh, the meeting with Hepzibah Smith, that was that was completely cut out, and that uh, was a really good scene um, in the in the books. And I, I love the Gaunt House when they when they visit. The, right. I guess he visits the Gaunts more, maybe more than once. Even that is an incredible scene from Hamlet Prince. Um, you know the book, so I, I, absolutely, right. and, it, it really kind of lays out Harry's journey more than. Than what the movies do, it, and I mean, it, yeah, and that that actually would help clarify sort of the plot of 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 what's going on in 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 in, in that way. And 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 when I think of answering this question, I w- I wanted to say, um, you know, Mooney Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs from Prisoner of Azkaban, that chapter where we learn about you know Harry's dad be and 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 Sirius and Remus being you know old school friends, and Lupin just tells that story of how. You know, coming to Hogwarts, Dumbledore made all these arrangements for him, and the, you know, it was really a, a great story. And then in you know Order of the Phoenix, there's uh, you know Snape's worst memory, which is which is you know a 15 second clip in the, in the film, but it it really raised some important questions and things that Harry had to deal with as a, you know as his character, um, you know, dealing with whether or not Snape was right about James, you know, and and what to do about it. Yeah, I think I think. You know, obviously, different chapters from different books would provide better insight into to how certain things play themselves out. Mm-hmm. All right, good opinions all but around. People send Mike stuff H- in. 
right? I mean, the listeners tell us what you know. Sp- give us specific chapters. That's your homework. Okay. <laughs> Micah, next email. The next email comes from Sarah, twenty-four of San Diego, California, and she says. At the end of episode 237, you asked what you wish had been in the movie, but wasn't. I agree with whoever said I wish Harry had mended his phoenix wand, but another thing I really wish had been added was a part when Harry and Voldemort are fighting their end battle. In the book, Harry tells Voldemort that Snape was never on his side, and that he was on Dumbledore's side all along. I felt like it was such an amazing slap in the face to Voldemort, and I really missed that in the movie. Couldn't help adding my thoughts on that one. Thanks for the show. I love listening to you guys. That reminds me of, uh, you know, in the film, Voldemort almost apologizes to Snape before he kills him. Right? He says, only only I can live forever. I'm sorry, Severus, and then, then kills him. Whereas in the book, it's like you're betraying me because the Elder One has your, you know, your allegiance. So it's almost like it's, it's a different, um, you know, relationship almost in that way. Uh, what do you guys think? And and only I can live forever. I mean, Snape was not trying to be immortal, so I didn't I didn't really understand the context of that line. Yeah, saying it was, it's Snape. Snape yeah, it was, was not it was, trying to. It was like sympathy, though. It was sympathy because he was about to die. You know, it was but it was almost like a mercy kill at the same time. It's like you know, Voldemort was like, "Sorry, Severus, you kind of have to go now. <laughs> time to go. Only I can, uh, <laughs> you know, live forever." Um, next email, or, yeah, go ahead, Eric. Next email. Uh, Danny15 from Illinois says, I was watching part one the other day and found the source of the infamous scream complained about in the part two trailer. The scream is actually in part one after Harry's and Voldemort's wands connect in the seven Harry's chase sequence. You hear the scream after the connection breaks and it's somewhat drowned out as he fades into the distance. Um... Oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Um, I think I actually went and watched part one, and it sounded different to me. Um, but I've also heard that it's actually at the end of Order of the Phoenix, um, when the big ball of uh, fire becomes the big ball of water. But I've, that was just a theory. I haven't heard that. But people have tried to place this um, scream, because as as we all know, it appeared like 11 times in the Deathly Hallows Part 2 trailer. Uh, but, but thankfully not in the movie. Yeah, thankfully not the movie. It's not in the movie, so thanks for that. Next email is from Jello14. Hello, guys. Erg, waiting for Pottermore email is starting to feel annoying. I am officially a member of SPEW, Society of the Pottermore Email Waiters. Ha ha, saw that from Facebook. Can't wait for the new episode. Oh, I see what she did there. <laughs> I included that because that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> you two are in that too, in SPEW. Yes. Yeah, still waiting for that uh, email. I thought at least, uh, you know, I could get it on my birthday last week, but that didn't work out. Oh, sorry. Uh, you want me to take the well, next email? Well, you get the next email at least. Yeah, th- what a consolation. Uh, next email is from Claire, 12, of California. She says, Hi, MogulCast. I'm a big fan of your show, like everyone else, and this email is in response to episode 237. You asked if there was anything in the seventh book that we wish was in the movie. I keep getting these emails. Uh, my answer is the very last bit of the epilogue, where it says the scar had not pained Harry for 19 years. All was well. This was one of the parts of the book that you remember that just stuck in your brain forever. And it's not just because it's the last line of the books that made the author one of the most famous writers ever. 
Rolling has the gift of turning something so plain and ordinary as the end into something beautiful and enchanting. I think they could have done this effect by having Harry look a bit worried as he watches the train leave the station. Ginny tells him that their kids will be fine. Then Harry would tell her that his scar hadn't hurt for 19 years. All is well. Thanks for reading, Claire. Hmm. So turning turning all was well into dialogue as the closing line of the film. What do you guys think? That would have been kind of nice, but it had potential to get really cheesy, I think. I think I think in the epilogue they were so worried about getting the makeup right, too, that they're just like, oh, yeah, we're going to be minimalist with the dialogue here. But it was well, it, it was a nice... Keep in line. Uh, keep in nice line. <laughs> yeah, you keep in line. Uh, no, oh, keep geez. in mind that... Uh, that the epilogue was shot twice. So it, it was shot once in the station and then it was shot uh, at Leavesden Studios. And there are things, as uh, Will and Arthur talk about uh, in the interview, that were changed because yes. of of the location change. So there was actually more dialogue in, in the first one. And uh, there was actually uh, another character in the first one that didn't make it into the second one. Uh, and uh, so I'm sure that maybe they, they played around with this idea. I mean, Andrew, was it you who said that they shot something like four different endings for the Malfoys? Uh, yeah. So yeah, it, um, it is possible that they, they did shoot a number of different to- endings to the movie. Mm-hmm. So just decided what I think in this case silence kind of worked best. Well, it did because you had that that same John Williams uh, song playing as it as it did when the first movie ended. Yeah, and by the way, you know, you gathered all was well without them saying it. I mean, in the scene, all was well. <laughs> so any reader probably thought it in their heads. All was well. Clearly, all is well here. Interesting. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it could have been like. That sort of silent... That's a good point. Silent acknowledgement. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next email comes from Mandy24 from California. Uh, Hey, MuggleCasters, this is Mandy. I've been with you guys from the beginning, and I love the show. I was at my fiancé's house the other day when he decided it was time for us to pick the lack... Sorry. When it was time for us to pick the last of his blackberry bushes and trim them back. On my way outside, I suddenly remembered Andrew saying, quote... If anyone listens to us while they hunt blackberries, let us know. So I ran to my car and grabbed my iPod so I could listen while hunting blackberries. Just thought you want to know. Thanks for reading. And again, I absolutely love the book and look forward to the show, Mandy. Excellent. Thank you, Mandy. Any other requests this week, Andrew? (laughs) (laughs) No, but actually um, on MuggleCast Twitter, somebody said, Hey, look, we're in a blackberry field while listening to MuggleCast. And she included a this person included a picture of uh, blackberries. So <laughs> it's been a good success, my request. Uh, next email comes from Pablo Ruiz, 18, of Colombia. I suppose you guys want reviews from us lucky users that are already inside Pottermore. Here's mine. Joe never disappoints. The extra material she has provided is extremely interesting, especially all we learn about wand lore. And it is a lot. The images on the site are amazing, too. As a companion to the book, I found it extremely useful, and it and it does add to the experience. However, I have some complaints. First of all, brewing potions is really hard. One little mistake, and you got it wrong. That's not too bad. It's realistic. But after waiting 100 minutes and doing everything right, you get five points. <laughs> 
If you just enter potion making and you click your wand right away, they give you one point for trying. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and I think they're so scared for children that they didn't realize there's absolutely no way to interact with other people. You can be friends and give gifts to each other, but you can't comment on other posts, send me- messages to other people, etc. To summarize, you can't make th- friends through Pottermore. And what we all love from being part of the Potter fandom is how easy it is to make friends based only on the series. But here you are, the official, the first official Joe Potter site and no way of making friends. Aww. I know this is long, but I hope you can use it. Pickles, <laughs> says Bottle. <laughs> so, um, you know, it is a valid concern. You can't really interact with people. You can challenge them to a duel, but you can't talk. So JK Rowling hates friendship. That's what we learned. Yeah. yeah. And well, what do you guys think about as, as far as what we're going to do? reviewing content. I mean, are we going to wait till all of us get in? Are we going to wait till the site officially opens up to everyone uh, to mm, start talking a question. little bit about Well, it's you know, too late to start talking provided. about it. I mean, well, I mean, I guess if we're talking about specific content, like doing a review of the content. Right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would think and and listeners can feel free to, to email us, but I, I would think that they would want to be in it themselves and 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 utilizing it before True. we talk about it. Yeah. So you know, we could still do reviews but maybe just not start discuss we won't start discussing these specifics. Right. The specific new information Makes sense that to Joe me. reveals. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's it for emails. Now it's time for Micah, your interview with Will Dunn who plays James Series Potter and Arthur Bowen who plays Albus Severus Potter. All right, we are now joined by Will Dunn and Arthur Bowen, who play James Sirius and Albus Severus, respectively, in Deathly Hallows Part 2. Guys, how you doing? Yeah, we're good, thanks. We're good, thanks. How are you? Doing well, doing well. And uh, I know it's it's been, I guess, a month now, but uh, you guys were recently down in Orlando for LeakyCon 2011. What mm-hmm. was that experience like for you guys, kind of being immersed into the uh, the fandom and, and kind of getting an experience for what it's all like. I know you were at the premiere in London just before that, but actually walking amongst all the other fans and, and kind of experiencing that for the first time. It was awesome. I mean, it was um, it was it was really weird because we've never really experienced anything like that before. And then we came in, and there were all these thousands of screaming fans at the um, opening of it, and it was just really it was I guess an insight into how crazy Potter the world of Potter can be. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, what Will said, like, it just, like, opened up a new, like, world of, like, how the people, like, the fans of Harry Potter are, like, really mental. <laughs> but <laughs> me- mental in a good way, though, right? Yeah, in a good way, So, uh, was this your first trip, though, over to the United States? Had you been here before? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no I, I, haven't. I, I haven't. Yeah. We hadn't, no. It was our first one. And it was great. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. And and you got a chance to go to the theme park to the Wizarding World. Um, what was it like comparing, you know, your time at, at Leavesden versus you know actually walking into the theme park for the first time? Whoa! Well, it was it's of course it's like it, it leaves and there's all the scaffolding, isn't there? So yeah. it's kind of it it was it, it was more real, but of course it was so hot because we went there at night and it was so hot. So that was a little bit yeah, of a downer, I guess. But um. But yeah, it was amazing because obviously, as real as they make them, they're not entirely real. Was this felt so much more real because it was sort of the full, the full thing, I guess. 
Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much was what I was going to say. Yeah. What What was your favorite part about the park? I mean, I guess ride wise, did you go on all the rides, or did did you only go on a few? Which one did you like the most? Well, um, I I went on all the all the Harry Potter world rides and stuff. So I guess my favorite was the um, the red Chinese dragon. That was really oh, okay. Good. Yeah, they're pretty crazy. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, did you get a chance to go on the the forbidden journey inside the castle? Um, yeah, I did, but that made me feel really sick. Yeah, he'd been on all the rides, and <laughs> those ones are bad enough, you know. And then he went on this one; it's all motiony instead of yeah, being yeah. a proper roller coaster. So he came back, and he practically collapsed. It yeah, really so told him, which was a little worrying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, I had a hard time on the the flight of the hippogriff. Actually, I had. I thought that that was a little bit more scarier than than the actual Forbidden Journey. But I don't know. That might just say that I'm not a roller coaster person. Yeah, I think this flight is pretty well. Yeah, it's, was the um, hippogriff one the, the one which like you had like no safety in it, like because in the dragon one you had like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or the one by uh, by Hagrid's right. hut. Oh yeah, that's yeah. it. So. Now, did you you explored around the the rest of the Wizarding World? I'm guessing. Did you go into uh, Ollivander's? Yeah, yeah, yes, we did. And, we did. Yeah, and they like did all these effect thing, effect things like ringing bells, washing, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, and did you go over and eat in the uh, the three broomsticks? Did you have butter beer? So you guys got the full experience then. Yeah. Arthur attempted, but of course, the only time we went there yeah, was, um, was after I was feeling really ill, so, so I didn't have a bottle. Unfortunately. But yeah. it's very nice, very nice stuff. <laughs> yeah. Very sweet. Yeah. Did you, you did, uh, I guess you probably saw a lot of the other parks and things like that when you were when you were down there. Does that, is there anything comparable to that, I guess, over in England? Um, no, well, there's really. there's Autumn Towers and uh, um, Thorpe Park, I Thorpe guess. Parks, I guess some of the rides are pretty. There's good. some pretty intense ones there, but um, but yeah, all together with the theme. No, nothing that's based on something and that's so realistic. Yeah, I think. yeah. Like we don't have anything like that in England, I don't think. Yeah, and, and the rides are probably better. Yeah. <laughs> Over overall, though, I mean, what was your favorite part of the of the convention, or was it just being down there and, and getting to experience all this for the first time? Um, well, it was that, and also the, um, the ball at the end. Which I couldn't go to. Which I went home early. Yeah. That was um, horrible. That was, so, it was, that was really fun. Nice. Yeah. 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 No, I did as well. I, f- I flew home, I think, uh, Saturday evening, so I, I missed out on that. So, right. Arthur, you were the only one there. I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was good. We were the only really one good. representing three of us, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, but the Q and A's for me were awesome. I love yeah, the, the Q and A's. Yeah, the Q and A's. Yeah. And we, when we walked out, that was really funny. When it's yeah. young Arthur Bow and everyone starts screaming. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, also me and Will's banter. Oh know, yes, the banter. Fun. I took the uh, took the mick out of you a little bit too much then, didn't I? Yeah, but then I, I got more. He did. <laughs> did you get tough questions? I mean, were they? Did, did uh, the fans really challenge you guys, or or was there? Nothing that you guys couldn't uh, couldn't answer. There was a question about the shipping, about which which do you ship your characters' parents? 
which, which oh, yeah. everybody sort of froze a bit at. And I sort of said, can we not go into the Jericho Harry thing? Because I really didn't want to go into that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think that, that one for me was pretty. But the thing is, um, it, for some of the questions, I'm not like being rude, but it was sort of the same answer for everyone. So yes. it was a bit awkward. Yeah, it was a little, like, it was, well, it was quite yeah. funny. Because it sort of had to say said. like, yeah, basically the same. Yes, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. 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 All right, well, I want to kind of shift it, talk a little bit about the movie Deathly Hallows Part 2. The epilogue scene had to be shot twice, right? Yeah, yeah. it did. And, I mean, what was the the decision behind that? I mean, do you guys know why they decided to... Because once it was it was in the actual station, and then it was moved to Leavesden, right? Yeah. yeah, well, it was well, it was ridiculously busy. At King's yeah, Cross, yeah, it? and also, and also, I think that like they, yeah, the makeup and the makeup, and was... they looked to, and like um, uh, Dan and Rupert, they, uh, they looked too old. Yeah, so, I think the girls looked they, okay. Yeah, and they didn't like the script. The yeah, yeah, I, they, I, think, I think they did a bit. I don't know. I think he wanted to focus more on you, didn't he? He wanted yeah. to focus more on Albus's story of going to Hogwarts for the first time. Yeah. So they changed things around a bit. Um, yeah. Yes, I think that's. I also the makeup because the makeup was. Yeah, it was. It, it I mean, got, it was really. It was really cool, but it got like over the top. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, was it, it looked... dripping on the floor, or I mean? <laughs> well, that, that's the funny thing. On the first day, do you remember Dan had a fan just yeah, so yeah. it wouldn't melt on his face, which is yeah, yeah. really funny. But yeah, it was just it was realistic, but it was too old. Realistic. Yeah, it was too you know old. They looked um, like seventy. Yeah. 70. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was that scene like, though, Arthur? I mean, uh, like Will pointed out. The, the focal point of the epilogue really went to the conversation that you were having with your father. Was that was that kind of an intense scene to shoot? What was that like? Um, well, uh, I, well, yeah, I guess it was a bit. It was pretty intense, and I had quite a lot of pressure to get it right. You did good, though, mate. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so it was pretty, yeah. It was, um, it, yeah, it was sort of, I remember a funny thing about that actually. Was it that Dan didn't know how to tie a shoelace? Yeah, he and did. So his double had to, and his double had to step in just to do that little shot, which is yeah. very funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Also, um, I I had a cold in the scene. Yeah. And it looked like I was I had been like crying, which was yeah. like, quite a good effect. Had, yeah, he had. A, <laughs> we, just had a, we all had terrible colds that week, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it, what was it? Probably in the middle of the winter, sometime, or yeah, yeah it, was. it was. It was like just before Christmas. We got probably it was really snowy at Leeds, and actually, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so it was very snowy, so we usually got colds. Yeah. I know that many listeners have asked about Teddy Lupin, and mm. according to a lot of reports that you know the websites got, he was cast in the film. He was, was he? Yeah. Was he in the initial epilogue you shot, and then just never made it to the to the final yeah. cut? Yeah, it's in the original, wasn't it? Yeah, he was, did... he was with you, like yeah. with owls and there's, stuff. There's a scene. There's a scene. I don't really know if you can give it away, but he basically shares a look with Dan, and I'm with him with Teddy for that bit. And I think they're putting it on the DVD extras. I think. I think yeah. Luke mentioned that they're going to put it on the DVD extras. So but yeah, um, he's a good actor. He's great. He did a really good job of that. Yeah, yeah. really good job. Cool. Now, what was your favorite part of the movie aside from the epilogue? Let's let's put the epilogue out of it. Uh, <laughs> what I mean, sitting down and seeing the film, what which part did you like the most? That's a tough one. Um, gone. Okay, um, my part was probably the bit when um, like Voldemort dies and then he like crumbles into the sky. 
Yeah. I think that I think that's really, yeah, that's really, really cool. Really cool. That's really cool in 3D, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know. That I, was a really good I love the general epicness of the whole movie. There was a bit when they're all setting up the defenses, and that was like yeah. And the music, the music was so good. He did a great job, Alexander Desplat. But um, but yeah, I just think the bit when they're sort of putting up the defenses because it's just ridiculously epic, and the fight between Harry and Voldemort. That's really yeah, good. yeah. That's really good. That's really good. Cool. Uh, well, I mean, who did you, I don't know if that's uh, I was gonna say who did you enjoy working with the most, but I don't know if uh, you're you're probably not allowed to play favorites in that sense, are you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah I don't know. Um, well, Dan was a laugh, wasn't he? Yeah, Dan was they, they were all really nice. They were, but they were really welcoming, all of them. But if it, I I probably spent most of my time with Dan. Yeah, I think like, like, yeah, we all did. Is like my dad in that sense? Yeah. So. I had like most of the scenes with them. Yeah, so. we had. But they were they were all really nice. They were all great. They were all fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you think about Deathly Hallows passing the one billion dollar mark? I mean, it it's moved past Star yeah. Wars. It's the highest grossing franchise of all time. All these records are being shattered. Um, that's and it's pretty impressive. One billion dollars is a lot of money, and uh, it's still going on. So, what do you guys think of all that? It's um, ridiculous. I mean, I, I guess it's sort of to be expected because it's such a huge franchise. Yeah, but, exactly. But it was absolutely amazing, the fact that they've got... It's just a ridiculous amount of money, isn't it? It's like with football players or soccer players. It's like when soccer players get sold or bought, they go for ridiculous amounts of money. But this is like, yeah, you know, hundreds of times, you know, yeah. you know, multiplied by that. So it's just really kind of mind-blowing, really. Yeah, it's like... like and to be amazing. involved in that yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly, to be involved in that. Yeah. Yeah. So, how much of that do you guys get? Like four hundred, five hundred million? I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, something like that. Five. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're already looking at all the mansions and the cars and everything that you're gonna. Uh... Absolutely. <laughs> um, now you guys are both pretty active on on Twitter. Yeah. What? Do you... What do you like about it? Is it the ability to interact with your fans, the ability to interact with the cast? Is it kind of a combination of all that? Uh, yeah, I'd say it's a combination. Yeah, it's a combination because obviously we we can keep in touch far other ways. But, yeah, exactly. But, you know, there's always loads of people that are really, you know, keen to talk. And so it's cool yeah. to chat to all of them. And, you know, you get the really crazy ones just saying, reply me, reply me. And then you yeah. get the ones that yeah. um, ask really good questions. And yeah. And we can all, you know, like we all join in, sort of join in with some banter and just stuff yeah, like that. It's, 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 it's great to fun. really enjoy it. Yeah. And and as far as the other cast members, you guys seem to be pretty close. I mean, with yeah, like, the, uh, it seems like some of the the epilogue actors and actresses you, you guys stay in pretty close touch with, and then also, you know, some of the other actors and actresses that are on Twitter from the series as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. It's really. Um, me, you, it's just all the epilogue kids, flashback yeah. kids. I'd um, say mostly me and Will, like, stuck yeah. together. We're tight. Um, <laughs> we're tight. And then you've got, and then you've got Ivana and Scarlett, Scarlett yeah. Byrne, Chris yeah, Rankin. Really nice. And then you've got uh, Ryan. Ryan, of course, yeah. And Benedict. Benedict. And Bertie. And Bertie. Bertie. He's so funny. With his fantastic yeah. videos, yeah. So yeah. we all, re- we're all really, I think we're all really close. Especially, I think, Florida, because we were all say, you know, staying in houses with each other. We all got quite a lot closer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, we're all very good friends now. Yeah. Cool. Now, are you guys excited for Pottermore? Yes. Um, well, I don't. Oh, I don't. To be honest, I don't really know anything about it. So. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's basically like a fan, sort of a interactive book fan experience, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really... I'm, I've got my email. I'm, def- I'm going to be on it, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to seeing what it's like because there's been so much speculation. Yeah. And there's been a few people that are on, but I haven't really seen much of that because I want to just sort of take it in when I get it. But, um, but yeah, I'm just really looking forward to looking forward to checking it out and seeing what seeing what jk ron has got up her sleeve next <laughs> yeah yeah it seems like they did a they did a panel on it at uh at LeakyCon where they kind of gave a, a look into it so you could see what what you could expect and yeah, now it just seems as everybody's waiting for that that letter that early access to uh to get into uh to get into pottermore yeah yeah, yeah it's i think you know, for the people that have got in, it's just fantastic because they'll be ridiculously excited about that. Yeah, they will. But obviously, the people that haven't, they're just going, no. <laughs> it's frustrating, right? It is. And also, that you know, they got easier, but the clues at the beginning are actually quite hard. Yeah, I don't know like, what we are about here, but okay. There was, there was these clues yeah. at the beginning that you can get so you can get your username. But um, <laughs> but they got easier, so there was only a couple that were actually tricky. But, I've, yeah, I feel for the people that haven't got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the next set of questions that uh, I have are just really quick, rapid-fire questions. What was your? B- both of you guys can answer this. What were your favorite books in the series, or or favorite book? Sorry. Um. Well, I haven't read any of the books. This is uh, this is because this is we said at LeakyCon. This is said at LeakyCon. You want me to edit this out? Is that? What? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Keep yes, it, in. it was said at LeakyCon. It was just that I'm not really. Voldemort scared him, basically. Yeah, basically, Voldemort scared me when I was really young, and it just put me off the whole thing. Put him off the whole series. You saw the first film, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I saw the first film, and then I saw Voldemort, like, creeping Back into the, the house. Head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With, like, his wand, and his, oh, and that's, it just really scared me, and like, yeah. it gave me nightmares, so. And so he's just reluctant I, now. That's why I haven't really... So he is a fan, but he's a reluctant fan. Yeah. Kind of thing. I mean, but, I, um, I, it's, it's great. It's really good. But, yeah. yeah, speak... Yeah. Speaking of that, though, I was going to ask you, is it weird knowing that right about the time you were born was about the time that, that Dan was being cast as Harry? Yes. Oh, yes. That's weird. That's yeah, well, it's, it's almost exactly with Ryan, because Ryan's one of the youngest of us. Yeah. And it's almost exactly with him. He was, like, born, I don't know, a month or two, sort of, in his, like, after or before, you know, Dan, Rupert, and Emma were first cast. So I just think yeah. that's ridiculous how long it's lasted and how it's sort of come sort of full circle I guess it's, yeah. it's awesome yeah and what about for you Will favourite book it would be um, that's tricky because they're oh friend I really like either the first or the seventh probably which isn't a proper answer but honestly that's uh, seventh just because it's a great ending <laughs> and what about movie <laughs> putting aside Deathly Hallows part two um Mm, I, um, Prisoner of Azkaban or the first? <laughs> you doing two? <laughs> um, yeah, probably the same. Prisoner of Azkaban. It's pretty good. That's, that's phone. Will's phone. <laughs> that's my phone. Sorry. No, no problem. No problem. Uh, what about favorite character? Serious for me. I love Serious. Uh, mine's probably Snape. He's such a good like. Snape. Ben's gonna love that when he listens to this. Yeah. yeah hi, Ben. Yeah. You like Snape? <laughs> Woo. <laughs> so, uh, w- well, speaking of Snape, what did you guys think of of how Alan Rickman portrayed him specifically in that last film? 
Oh, he was amazing. Yeah, he was really good. That's like the best I've seen him. He was just the yeah. bit when he saw Lily dead was just like yeah, that was oh, really good. He was so good. I mean, he deserves nominations at least for that because he yeah, was just he fantastic. Yes. Now, were you you guys were in that IMAX showing too, right? In, down in Orlando. So you you were having seen the movie before. Had, were you anticipating all of those sobs, all the crying that went on? Um. Well, thing. Uh, we didn't like. Hmm. Probably. I mean, I think Probably, you can yeah. imagine that they're yeah. such crazy fans. I think we'd already experienced that they were so. Yeah, at the premiere, but then, but then it was like. a it was like a bit like more than we expected. Yeah, I guess. Because, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, because they yeah. very very emotional. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. And, and what was the premiere like? I know I, I brought it up before, but I don't think I ever asked. You know, getting yeah. to Trafalgar Square, it was right, and and seeing just the. I, th- I think David Yates had said that that they found out later there was something like thirty thousand people there. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. It was ridiculous. I mean, yeah, we, it was. we've got this one story, haven't we, where we yeah. were, there was the three of us, and we were just walking, there's... Me, yeah, me, Will, and Helena. Me, Will, and Helena. Me, Arthur, and Helena, even. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But yeah, we, we we walked down, and there was just this little sort of, I don't know, side side road or yeah, something, like a... where there was like a sort of, all the fans would gather around the edges of that, with barriers and all of that, and we, all the three of us just walked down, started walking down this road, and everyone saw us and started screaming, didn't they? Yeah. So that was just absolutely crazy yeah. to experience that and we probably you know we'd be very lucky to experience that again because it was just really really surreal yeah it was yeah and what about your favorite spell hmm um well there's so many um uh i don't know uh oh i don't know that's really hard uh what do you think wingardium leviosa wingardium leviosa yeah um I don't know, Expelliarmus, because Harry uses that all the time. <laughs> Favourite creature? Um, oh, what are they called? The, um... It's quite, a, it's quite a girly thing to say, but I quite like the pigment puffs. They're quite groovy little things. We got, we got, um... Little yeah. baskets, didn't yeah. we, from LeakyCon? Yeah. With the, yeah, with, with the little pigmy... We had little pigmy puffs, which is quite cool. Mine's definitely, like, a troll, because they're the coolest <laughs> things. With the whole <laughs> snot thing. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, if you could have one of the Deathly Hallows, which one would it be? Ooh, um, um, Cloak of, Invis- Cloak of Invisibility. Yeah, I'd go the same. I'd, yeah, I think and, what, and what would you guys use that for? A bunch of mischief, I would, I would assume? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... Um, Really, the only other uh, question that I had left was, you know, what are your what are your guys' future plans? Or are you still going to look to continue to act? Do you have other hobbies that that you're involved with? Um, well, yeah, hopefully I'm going to get an agent so I can do a bit more acting. And yeah, good news, Will. Yeah, I got one. <laughs> I got oh, congratulations! Thank you very much. Um, yeah. So hopefully that's gonna give me some new pathways but yeah I just want to continue acting continue you know just getting experience I guess yeah it was was an amazing experience we had on Potter but yeah definitely want to keep on acting it probably isn't going to be the same as that no but it was yeah Potter was a ridiculous ridiculous thing yeah yeah and what have you guys been doing since uh, I guess since Leaky but also really since the movie came out just kind of relaxing gearing up for school yeah 
Oh yeah, um, chilling out. Well, oh. yeah, because <laughs> I I had like my common entrance before. Had exams but to get Before to the movie came out, well, after the movie, I just started relaxing and just like, oh, yeah. hanging out with people, slobbing out. That's yeah, how we exactly. did it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, coming on the show, and uh, if if listeners want to uh, follow you both on Twitter, where can they uh, where can they find you? Um, I'm Abo in nineteen ninety eight, and I'm Will Dunn. Then you've got an underscore after that because somebody else took the whole Will Dunn without the underscore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got the little underscore there at the end. Uh, people got to remember that. But what we can do also is. Um, you know, once we release the show, put yeah. both of your uh, both of those Twitter handles out for people and uh, post it in the show notes as well. But really, guys, thanks so much for coming on, and, and you're welcome to come back anytime. Yeah, no, okay. thanks for us. It's been great. Cheers for having us, Micah. All right. All right. All right. So we'll we'll edit that, and uh, I'm not exactly sure when the when the show will be released, but I can definitely. Uh, you know, shoot you guys a a note and let you know. Well, just t- if you just DM DM me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Arthur, you said you're on Twitter as well. I think. Yeah, I'll let Arthur. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, just tell. In fact, I'll give Arthur your account name so he can follow you, so you can DM him as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but um, yeah, no, guys, I really appreciate you uh taking the time. I know you're busy uh chilling and relaxing and. Yeah, we're chilling. We are. Yeah. Yeah, so. no, cheers for having us here. It was really, yeah, good. That, yeah. really good to come on. Finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like I said, you guys are welcome back anytime. And, you know, yeah. come on when we're when it's not such a structured interview. We can just uh, have you on and uh, talk about the series. Although, yeah. Arthur, you haven't read it, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, sort, I sort of know the story. Yeah, you know, he's seen the films. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, Pottermore, at least. Did you did you sign up? Did you say you signed up for Pottermore, or you didn't? Not I yet. Did. I, I did. I did, but um, yeah, he hasn't. But I might give him a sneak peek. Yeah, well, <laughs> give him my account name. You be you be getting backstory on stuff that uh, you yeah. that you haven't read. So yeah, I know it's going to be cool. But when when is it public release? It's like October or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, in October, in October. But uh, yeah, no, you could. That's how you can experience it for the first time. I think you can you can read through most of the series. Um, all over again so that'd be cool it's gonna be, cool. it's gonna be awesome can't wait for it <laughs> alright alright guys well I know you said you had to catch a train back so uh, yeah, we, back. Do, do we do we get it in the uh, in the right time frame there yeah I think yeah, we're, fine. yeah we're absolutely fine absolutely fine it was great yeah perfect alright alright well great to speak to you alright man all take right. care guys have a good day okay. and you see you bye all right, Micah, good job with your interview. That's like practically three and three episodes. Yeah, you've been busy. <laughs> oh, you, yeah. Well, well uh, we're gonna keep going. <laughs> see, just wait to see who's on the next episode. <laughs> Don't Micah, you should interview your mom. What? You should. I want to know you. I want to know your mom. You should interview your mom for MuggleCast. Okay. I'll make that happen. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, but uh, I thought uh, you know that again. I mean, they're really excited about the series. They're really excited about you know being a part of the films, and uh, it was just cool getting a chance to talk with them. I, I thought it was interesting how Arthur said that uh, he had never read the books. 
and he and still well, hasn't read the book. He gave it such because, a good reason, though. <laughs> because Voldemort scared him as a child when he was, I guess, when he saw the first film. Um, mm. So, poor guy. Yeah, but there's no All reason right, not to read the books now. Well, I think I think with Pottermore it'll be it'll be a better experience, right? Because it'll be well. Kind that, of... That's what I told him. I said, now you have Pottermore, you can, you can experience everything at once. All right, a couple fun segments now. First, favorites. Eric, favorite place in Hogwarts or on the grounds? This is a tough one because there are very easy answers, right? Like Great Hall or Room of Requirement. But I think my favorite place in Hogwarts or on the grounds is um, probably the... the the staircases, yeah, the staircases. They're very, they're very. Well, I guess it would be like the movies, but um, the moving staircases are just a really cool touch to the to the castle. I would say uh, the Forbidden Forest, just because it's forbidden, you're not supposed to go there. <laughs> Troublemaker, <laughs> Troublemaker. Or on the Quidditch pitch, you know, oh, go out Quidditch, to sporting oh, events, of support your uh, your team. I mean, your house. I think mine would be Dumbledore's office because it's just filled with so much wisdom and the pensive. Mm-hmm. All those books and and Fox is there, masters. You know, mm-hmm. you you would chill with the Phoenix. I'd chill with the Phoenix, yeah. <laughs> uh, and now, favorite Horcrux. That's an interesting question. Hmm. I'll say the diary. Um, is it is it sacrilege to not say Harry Potter? But <laughs> but yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but yeah, um, the diary. Absolutely, I think I think the coolest thing about the diary is that it was obviously a Horcrux, but that we didn't know it was a Horcrux until book seven. But but it's also the Horcrux we've heard the most from. I want to say, as because it was like not only a piece of soul in the context of oh, it needs to be destroyed, but it was a piece of his soul that could really uh, grow on its own, and that that makes it really scary. So, favorite Horcrux is the diary. How about you, Micah? Yeah, I would, I would, I'd almost go with the, the ring, just because it, it also contained the resurrection stone, and nobody, nobody knew that when, or, or I guess Dumbledore did know that, um, and that's why he put it on. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that, uh, the ring is cool. I mean, you can, you can, I think the easy out is, is not Harry Potter, it's the snake, right? Because everybody thinks snakes are cool, but, uh, no, I'll, I'll go with the ring. Mine actually, I, I think the, the easy one, or at least mine is Harry, just because it was a big question leading up to the book. Is Harry a Horcrux? We debated it a lot on MuggleCast, um, and with our friends at Leaky on the Leaky Mug. I mean, it's just, It was such a big, crucial question, and really, you know, it created that whole scene in uh, in Limbo. So, yeah, I, I, I'll be, I'll be predictable and say Harry Potter in this. I think case. it was a good, good reason. Now, um, so now we will play the Dueling Club, and this most recently happened on the live MuggleCast. Ivana Lynch took part in it. Uh, Eric, this is more. You know, I was gonna, I was gonna say something though. Just real, you brought up the the one we did on the live show, but Andrew, I, I, 
I know we got stuck with Gandalf. Was it you who <laughs> said Gandalf, or was it Ben who said Gandalf? Uh, I can't remember. But you know, you know said, what we should have said, which would have made the absolute most sense to say, and and I think we're all, uh, you know, shame on us for not saying it. Who we should have picked? Oh, Lu- oh, Luna! Yeah, you should have picked yeah. Luna. Oh. You should have picked Luna because <laughs> then you would have uh, played against Ivana, who's who obviously wants right. Luna to succeed. Right? I get it now. Um, All right. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> so Marauders Edition. There. Right. Yeah, Dueling Club Marauders Edition. So we have to pick one of the Marauders to duel against each other, and if we pick the same one, we got to go again. So, do you two want to do it first? Um, sure. Yeah. Why not? Andrew and Micah. Um, you so are we a- saying the names at the same time, or...? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so on the count of three, you each give your Marauder. Uh, one, two, three. One tail. <laughs> Ooh. All right. You, you gonna defend Wormtail, Micah? Yeah, why not? All right, okay, okay, okay. Uh, go ahead, Andrew. Why would, uh, why would James beat Wormtail? Well, I mean, first of all, I think it's very obvious in terms of skill set. Or, no, let's start with personality. I mean, uh, Pettigrew has always seemed like a very insecure person. And I think that to, to actually fight James would be very nerve wracking for him. I mean, we saw, we, we've seen his insecurities about it throughout the book, whether he was speaking to Voldemort or he was speaking to, um, Sirius. I just think that he would not be able to, uh, Pettigrew would not be able to fight in a duel against somebody as calm, cool, and collected as James Potter. And then we could also talk about the skill set. I think that, um, James is a much more experienced wizard. There's a reason he got the girl. He got the looks. He's the complete package. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs> this message has been approved by Andrew Sims. Uh, Micah, what, uh, okay, so go ahead, Micah. What, uh, why would Wormtail win in a duel? Well, all Wormtail would have to do would be to turn into a rat and scurry away, so he wouldn't even stay oh, for the fight. Easy, <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> uh, well, I think, I think Wormtail is a very, uh, very underestimated character in the series. I mean, uh, his loyalty goes to those who, uh, he he sees as holding the most power. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, he would have to use more of his his intellect and more of his cunning to defeat somebody like James, which he ended up doing in the end anyway. And uh, he's the whole reason James and Lily are dead in the first place. Oh, uh, but we're talking about we're talking about a duel here between the two of them, um, and if we're talking about them as marauders. Aside from the ability to turn into a rat and, and run away, oh, you mean like I don't think he would years? stand. I, I don't think he would stand much of a chance against James. To be honest, I, I am conceding in a way, but giving my only reasoning being his, him being able to turn into an animagus and, and and go run and hide. Oh, okay. Because you can't, you can't take, you can't take future events into consideration here, can you? I well, mean, so uh, well, yeah, by Marauders edition, I meant like the characters who were the Marauders, not necessarily when they were the Marauders, like you know, young yeah, but, James. Right. But yeah. I, so I, think, I could say, yeah, he does end up killing him in the end, but 
that's years down the line from when they would meet in this case. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I think I think you both win. Honestly, good job. Oh, oh, thanks. <laughs> well, that right, that so leads to others. More? Yeah, we'll do we'll do we'll do one more. Um, All right, on three, both of you state your marauders. One, two, three. Wormtail. <laughs> oh, Sirius and Wormtail. Okay, Sirius mm. versus Wormtail. Eric, why would Sirius win? Uh, Sirius against Wormtail. Sirius is 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 has that dark quality to him that allows him to play both the good side and the bad side. And I think that, uh, you know, having be, being James Potter's best friend, he's, he's, he's obviously spent the most time with James, uh, more than Remus and more than Wormtail. And so if James is the best wizard in this, uh, hypothetical situation, uh, Sirius would be the one who's learned the most from him. Um, and yeah, I just think that 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 Sirius would uh, probably be really uh, relentless. He'd put up a a good fight, whereas Wormtail might be a little bit more um, hesitant and and cowardly and uh, not put up as 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 good of a fight or not be as as into sort of winning. Um, Sirius has kind of an obsessive quality to him, uh, as evidenced by when he chases Wormtail for a whole year that one time at Hogwarts. Um, later on, but yeah, whatever. All right, Micah. He would he would pretend that something is wrong and 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 you know want Sirius to help him and when Sirius got close he would just do some curse to him I don't know he would he would trick him I mean I think that's that's Pettigrew's only um, you know quality is just that he can he can manipulate and he would find a way to manipulate the situation um, I, I I mean maybe uh. Maybe Remus would have been a better choice for for this. Uh, no, for this I, I admire you for picking uh, Wormtail twice. That would that takes balls. Um, but still, I think you're right. I think Sirius and maybe even James or Remus have sort of a a capacity for sympathy for Wormtail. Right? You know, don't they don't they end up end up saying that uh, the only reason they you know Wormtail was their friend was because they kind of felt bad for him. Um. So you know, I think there is there is that quality where. You know, Wormtail obviously again did deceive them, so it's possibly could have in a in a dual situation. Interesting, right? Right, and I and I think that uh, you know part of, part of the uh, the argument for Wormtail would be is is I think that of of the whole Marauder you know trio that's left, Remus would be the only one to take Wormtail seriously in a duel. I don't think that that James or uh, Sirius would look on him as being a worthy adversary. That's true, and, and that would be a flaw. Right, because you never underestimate your opponent. Now it's time for What If, and this was submitted by Miriam of Mississauga. What if Snape was sorted into Gryffindor? Would Snape have had a better chance of being with Lily? That's the main question. Now, I think, you know, it's almost, it's an interesting what if, uh, but... We would also have to keep in mind that Snape would probably have a different personality, or maybe have come from a different background. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That Snape really was brave, yeah. which is why this "what if" kind of makes a lot of sense, right? Because because if the hat has, you know, would have chosen to, uh, obviously the hat saw this bravery or this capacity for bravery in eleven-year-old Snape. So if it had used that to sort him, as opposed to his, you know, greasy nose or whatever, then then maybe things would have been different, right? So 
but at the same time, you're right. I think Snape's upbringing had, you know, caused him to forever be that, that, that little edgy, you know, creature. It is, it is said that, uh, Snape, um, or, you know, we see Snape crying when his, his mom and dad are in like a, a verbally abusive, uh, fight, like an, like a, like an argument, uh, you know, when Snape is very young. And I, I just think that, that his home life, you know, as a kid, uh, really affected how he saw the world and, and the fact that he grew up, you know, with his parents detesting mudbloods or whatever, you know, he was able to, to, to use those terms, uh, a little bit more, more openly because he was familiar with them. Um, I, yeah, I think I think growing up in the isolation that he did kind of put the nail in the coffin for him being with Lily. I, I think that also, though, let's not forget that there are uh, there are redeeming qualities about those who are in Slytherin too. You know, you can't just say because he showed courage, he should have been in Gryffindor, right? I mean, who's to say that somebody from Slytherin can't do something great and can't do something positive? You know, you mean besides J.K. Rowling? Why are you saying she's in Slytherin? <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, I'm saying, because you asked, who is saying that Slytherins can't do something great? And I said, besides J.K. Rowling. Because there are very few redemptive Slytherins, right? Snape is the only one. Well, uh, is he? I mean, it's Slughorn uh, is, not an, is not an evil character. Um, Draco, certainly, despite being an ass, is not... You know, shows that he has redemptive qualities as uh, well. Speaking of ass, I think you just handed mine to me. So, <laughs> uh, Narcissa, I'm assuming, was in Slytherin. Uh, clearly, she's not completely evil. Um, and I'm sure there's others. And I'm sure Pottermore will provide, you know, insight. I'm sure there's others I've left out in the series that, you know, listeners can point out too. Okay. So back to Snape. So, Snape. Yeah, I mean, would he have had a better chance of being with Lily? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. We'll never know. Mm. Very interesting. So he did. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that was an interesting um, discussion. And thank you again to Miriam for suggesting that. Uh, to wrap up the show, we have two more segments. First of all, we asked on Twitter, those who follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash MuggleCast. What do you think of Pottermore? And we got some responses. Ash DC wrote, Pottermore is fun. The graphics are amazing. All the scenes are beautiful. But I got screwed over on the sorting. Wrong house. <laughs> she didn't say what house, though. So, um, Nuttendale wrote, Disappointed in the impreciseness of the sorting. It seems to be hit and miss. Apart from that, I'm like a kid in a candy store. Charlianne wrote, I love it, but I'm awful at brewing potions. Hoping for more activities in some of the moments. Golden Trio X wrote, Beautiful pictures and great new content. It lacks music and interactivity throughout the story. Potion making is awesome. Slytherin for the win. You know, that's another thing I wanted to talk about. The music. Is there music? There, it's a silent website completely. Uh, well, as far as I does, can tell. Did Joe draw the art or did somebody else draw the art? Is that Joe's art? Because she- Joe did not draw okay, the art. Cause, well, because she draws, right? I mean, she, you know, there are... But not that okay. well. Well, there are always <laughs> sketches from Joe. So I wondered if that was, you know, part of the, the intrigue in Pottermore. But if there's no music... Now, I, I I would prefer they didn't play the film music, actually, on, on, on yeah, Pottermore, right? Yeah, that would be right? too predictable. But something might be better than nothing. 
Yeah, and no sound effects either. I don't think. Maybe I'm missing it. Uh, but uh, um, I haven't heard any sound effects. So it's a bit odd, but it's beta. Maybe they'll add it. If they do go back and add it later, it'll be a big pain in the butt because there's just so much in there. So we'll see. Continuing on with uh, a couple more responses here. I think I need to... Oh, no. Sure, that girl didn't get it. Sorry, conceded, Caitlin. <laughs> I love it. JK, I don't have one. Sad face. That's from Emily20. Um, here's a negative one. Righto says, At first, Pottermore was great and exciting and wonderful and special. Now, it's annoying and boring. Whoa. Yeah, that's, that's a bit hurtful. Um... HRK85 Hillary wrote, I thought potions on the Wii Half-Blood Prince game was hard. Wii's got nothing on Pottermore. No wonder Seamus blew things up. <laughs> and like I said earlier, you, you have to be very precise with the potions and in a specific order and doing this and that. And if not, it's is all it over. Is it mouse clicking or is it keyboards or what? On Yeah, it's mouse clicking. Oh, okay. It's, you know, um, yeah, but it's sort of like timing and all this, these other aspects so uh those are some people who contacted us on twitter.com slash mugglecast after we asked them what they thought of pottermore feel free to follow us on twitter and we keep you updated on the show that way and a uh, final segment of the day a spy on d- uh, sorry sparts a spy on sparts no way Aaron. spy on sparts such a long time uh Emerson Sparts is getting married, actually. In a couple weeks, I think it's over Labor Day weekend. And he is tying the knot. He is, of course, Emerson's, uh, <laughs> he is, of course, MuggleNet's webmaster, um, who began the site in 1999 when he was just a young, itty bitty homeschooler from Indiana. And now he's getting married, the next chapter of his life. And Emerson, of course, runs Sparts Inc., which is a series of websites, uh, you know, not just MuggleNet, and he lives in Chicago, Illinois, and he's getting married over Labor Day weekend. So that is a oh, spy well, on congratulations sports. to Emerson, and we wish him and Gabby well. So that's it for MuggleCast episode 238. A reminder, you can go to MuggleCast.com to get all the information you need about this show. On the right, you'll find links to our iTunes, our Twitter which is twitter.com slash mugglecast, our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash mugglecast, and our fan Tumblr, which is mugglecast.tumblr.com. And then also on the Mugglecast website, you can click on contact at the top to get a feedback form where you can contact us. Well, uh, again, that's all on mugglecast.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Eric Skull. And I'm Mike Tanabout. We'll see you next time for episode 239. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.